So welcome to church. Really good to see you. I am so excited for you because I know that God will speak to you today. Um, we're talking about how to unlock uncommon favor. Uh, we're talking about a gentleman by the name of Samuel last week. Uh, turn your Bibles with me. Again, we're going to go back there to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Um, if you were like me, I went back home and I read the whole of First Samuel chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3 again. And God said new things to me again and again. That's what we say about the word of God. Father, thank you because your word will come tonight. And one more time, you will reveal something new to us. Not just for the sake of revelation, but for the sake of using. Not just because we need to know it or show it off, but because we need to become it. We pray that your word will be very clear to our ears. We understand what you are saying and we will do it. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Okay, so uh, last week we were talking about Samuel, and today I want to actually talk to you the aspect of how to be sure, how to know. We talked about listening, really. We talked about Samuel, we talked about listening, and today I want us to talk about how we can recognize God's direction in our lives, so how you can be sure it's God talking to you. That's what this whole meeting is about today. So, but I'm going to give you some truths based on what we understood last week. Um, it was obvious at some point that God was fed up with the people of Israel. And when God's fed up, he gives them silent treatment, and that was what happened to them. So they weren't hearing from him anymore. And if you are in that place, for any reason where you are not hearing from him anymore, or not hearing from him the way you used to hear from him again, I would suggest that you reconnect back to God. How do we do that? You actually take time to, take time to spend time with God. There's something like taking time for God. There's something like taking a day out, like me time, but me and God time. No TV, no social media, no mobile phone, nothing. Just you and your Bible. I promise you, you can reconnect with God ever so easily. Um, someone put it this way. God is like a radio channel. You know, the radio in your car or the radio at home. The fact that you switch it off does not mean something is not going on behind the scene. When you turn it on again, something comes on. Somebody's talking. When we tune into his channel, God is always talking. But when we tune off his channel, we believe we can't hear anything. It's because your radio system is off or because you are not in tune with the frequency of that radio. And I said last week that for some of us, we're in so many things. So our frequencies are just, we call it jamming. I don't know whether that's the phrase they still use. So if your frequencies are jamming, you can't hear anything. You will hear three stations trying to talk at the same time and you hear nothing. So your world is talking to you. Your work is talking to you. Your family members are talking to you. If you have family members like mine, at some point during the course of a day, everybody thinks they need to download to some, on somebody. Someone has to listen. And you can tell, I mean, just figure it out, the listener in the family. So sometimes everybody is talking at the same time. I say, Could you just, can, can somebody just stop and let me listen to one person per time and then we'll take it from there. So sometimes, that's what goes on in our lives, so much noise around. And these people's lives were like that. They were disconnected from God, and then God needed to bring them back to himself. And God had a representative called Eli, but for whatever reason, Eli fell out of, shall I use the word, tune with God. So he was still there doing his work. So that's the truth. So I'm going to talk to you about you know, five things or four things, the truth, which is, based on last week and a few things we read from the Bible. And then from there, we're going to talk about, see, I, I wrote it in T's, so let me read it to you. The truth, the track, the talk, the test, and the task. The truth, the, the track, the talk, the test, and the task. So the truth, the basics. So God decided he needed to talk to somebody else because Eli allowed his children to misbehave. If you read the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2, it's really disheartening because I actually thought Eli did not correct his children, but he didn't correct them firmly enough. It's not that he didn't correct them. He actually at some point corrected them in chapter 2. They just didn't listen to him. So he let it go. Dads, in this month of where we have Father's Day coming up, in this month where Pastor is uh, talking about the series, who, who is your daddy? I want to please beg of you to be um, genuine, truthful, and firm with the children that God has given to you, because you're just overseers. They are not yours. They belong to him. The Bible says that God decided that he was going to bless Abraham with a child because he knows he would teach him in the way of the Lord. 
That is the only reason why God blessed Abraham. Not because Abraham needed a child. Yes, Abraham needed a child, but that's not the reason why God gave Abraham a child. Abraham was given a child by God because God knew he was going to teach him his ways. That's so important to God. So, Eli, for whatever reason, Eli, Eli, he didn't do it. Or he didn't do it well enough. And he fell out of favor with God. Because people were running away from God. These children were giving God bad names. You know that, I don't know if you've seen some people say, but they said they are Christians. Some Christians give God a bad name or a bad rep. And God needed somebody else. God needed to talk to somebody else. And the Bible made us understand in 1 Samuel chapter 3, if you go from verses 1 through to 3 again, let's read verses 1 to 3, let's have it up. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. Next verse. The Bible says, next verse please. And, before, and it came to pass at that time that Eli was lying down in the place where his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. The next verse. But the, but, and, be, and before the lamp of the Lord went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, while Samuel was lying down. Next verse. And the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. And one of the things we established last week was the fact that God is the one that comes to call. It's amazing. Samuel did not go to look for God. God came to look for Samuel. God is calling you. God is speaking to you. And it doesn't matter what anybody says. Don't believe them. God has you in mind. You are part of his agenda and he will reach out to you. This message is God reaching out to you. When I was a younger believer, I used to be told that it's only the specials that hear from God. We are all special in his eyes. So all of us hear from him. All of us have the capacity to hear from him. But I'm not going to go through everything we went through last week because we have already talked through that. But one of the things that was big in my heart last week was the fact that Samuel was in the house of the Lord. And if you read from chapter 2, he's been serving the Lord for a long time, but he didn't know the Lord, the Bible says. So it's possible to serve the Lord. It's possible to be in church. It's possible to sleep in church and not know God. Nobody can help you know God. It's your personal responsibility to get to know God. How do you know that you've known God? When you do the same test again and you pass it. So if you have problem with patience and you're always snapping. If we see you in three months time and you're still snapping the same way. You have not grown in that area. Things will keep on coming. I always say to people, working with God is not like United Kingdom school system where you just move on to the next class anyway. You don't move on to the next class with God. As long as you're not developing in that area, you will be there. And tests will be coming to show your development. So it's the quicker you develop or choose to develop, the better. How do we develop? By hearing God's instruction on a particular thing and doing it. It is never in the hearing. It is in the doing. God kept talking to Samuel. We, did that. we talked about that last week. And until he said, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. God didn't say anything. He just kept calling his name. I mean, Samuel knew his name. Here I am. But God didn't say anything. Here I am. But God didn't say anything until he says, "For speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So every time God is speaking to somebody, God actually wants somebody that have three things. I said, that will follow his way. Willingness, attentiveness, and yieldedness. Those are big things. Willingness, W. Attentiveness, A. Why yieldedness? If you're not willing, you're not attentive, and you're not yielded, there's no point really. Because God doesn't just feel like talking to you because he wants to talk. God always particularly wants to say something about something that you need to do something about. A lot of something in that statement. But you get it. So that is the truth or the background of where we are at. God always speaks to his people. Understand that. If you don't hear, it's your responsibility to get to the point where you can hear and recognize what he's saying. And that's part of what today is. When you, when you hear this, you should go home. You should develop a hunger to know a little bit more. To get to hear him a little bit more. Now, um, I mentioned last week that when God speaks, he speaks through some tracks. And there are, there are many ways. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, God who had in the past has spoken to us through prophets. Now spoke to us through his sons. So there are different ways. But we're not talking so much about that. But I picked up a few ways from Samuel's life in particular. So this is about Samuel's life. And last week I mentioned that one of the tracks or one of the ways God speaks is through his message, which is his word. 
and that on God doesn't speak outside his word. And I'll talk about that a little bit more today. The second one I mentioned last week was that when God speaks to people, he also can speak through meditation. When you meditate on that word, and I try to explain how to do that, so I'm not going to go through all that today again. The third one that happened there was that God spoke through a mentor. He helped Samuel interpret what God was saying. Samuel did not know how to recognize God's voice, but Eli did, based on relationship. So a mentor already has a relationship with God, understand God's voice, understand God's method or ways, and they are able to tell you, do it this way because. But let me just put a little bit of a clause there. Sometimes some mentors are falling out of favor with God. And there are actually scriptural references like that. In this context, yes, Eli had fallen out of favor, but Eli knew and he was genuine in his love for Samuel. So he told Samuel the truth. There was, a, there was an old prophet and a young prophet issue in the Bible as well where the young prophet was misdirected by the old prophet. But that's not the talk of today. So, but that is there. It's a possibility. So be careful. That's why I'm going to give you some tests later. How do you test that this is really God talking to me on this issue? We're talking about that later. Actually, that's my main focus for the day. So all of this is building up to get there. The, the, uh, the next one that I didn't talk about is through the message. Through the message. God speaks through messages. Um, God sent a message directly to Samuel. But sometimes God speaks through a message in church. I don't know if you've ever been there before. Or a messenger. So the first one was message, which is scripture. Messenger is when a pastor preaches a message or somebody preaches and it looks like they just, hang on a minute, that's the direct answer to what I just asked God. Like somebody's looking at your mail kind of thing. I, I, I was worried about this and they, they, they mentioned the scripture. Now the person in the scripture had nothing to do with you, no interest in you, not knowing what's going on with you. They mentioned it as the Holy Spirit led them and sometimes God speaks to us through that. So God could potentially speak to you through this message today. And that's why I said last week that when you walk through the doors of a church, when I walk through the doors of a church, the first thing that crosses my mind is, Lord, today, speak for your servant hears. So I come here expecting to hear from God the moment the pastor or any minister that holds the mic starts saying something. It doesn't matter whether it's in the joke or it's in the seriousness. I am anticipating hearing from God. Now, the beauty of Christianity is that when you have an expectation, God meets that expectation. But when there is no expectation, there is nothing to be met. Surely there is an end and the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off, the Bible says. What if the righteous doesn't have an expectation? God has nothing to meet. So please, always come to church with expectation. But, so that's the track. But what's the talk? What's the content of God's talk? When God talks to you, what should you expect? I thought to put it down in just three terms only, not to make it too many, so you don't forget. I try to make it as little as possible. This is not an, a, um, it's not, what, is it called extensive? It's not, it's not, it's not full, you see what I mean? So it could be more than this, but I, I try my best to keep it simple because I forget things easily. When I keep it simple, it makes me remember. It makes me do. I don't, I don't know whether you do what you don't remember. <laughs> but I, I've never found anyone to date that does what they don't remember. So when you keep it simple, I believe very strongly that it helps you remember. So when God talks, what exactly are the content of the things he says? The very first one is it, there's always clarity. When God speaks to you, there is clarity. That is one thing that you should always remember. In God's talk, there's never a confusion. So when I was a younger believer, I, I was living in a system or a realm where people get so confused about such little things is unreal. The, the, the littlest thing that is a big thing when you really look at it long term is five people can come to you and tell you that God said they should marry you. Either God is confused or somebody is confused. But I know God is not confused. And that has happened to me numerous times. When somebody say, in our days, we don't say, I like you, I want to date you. We say, God said. Now, God said is hard. Because if you say God said to me, I, do, do, do you still say that? <laughs> if someone says that to you now, you think, <laughs> one pastor was saying that, <laughs> one pastor was saying that they were, they were doing secret Santa in their church. And uh, during the secret Santa period, everybody picked a name and she, she stepped out of the church. A lady walked out and said, Pastor, God has told me who your secret Santa is. She said, you're a liar. 
Straight up. He said, because God can't tell you then. That's not a secret anymore. And I am talking to God always. Why is he not telling me? Why is he telling you? It's not a secret anymore. If you are the one that picked my name, I get it. But that's not God. Let's leave God out of it, shall we? But in my days, people used to come up with this God said thing. I'm not saying it's bad. Because I'm not saying it's bad at all. In actual fact, it's very good. Because at the end of the day, I get grabbed. I got grabbed by God said as well by Pastor Eddie. <laughs> that's just what floats the boat in my generation. That's just what we say. That's just what we hear. But one thing is clarity. God is not the author of confusion. God will never tell you in the private to go left and in the public to go right. God is not like that. A lady came to pastor years ago now at the beginning of the church and said, oh, pastor, God told me that I should be paying 5% for the next three months as my tithe. Now, God has standards. His standard is his word. His word, I mean, 5% is not tithe anyway. So the tithe is 10%. So there's no way God will single you out of generations and say this to you. So P said to her, if you have problem with finance, you just pay your tithe. Then come and see me. Then I will give you money to take you to the end of the month. But let's not try and manipulate God into what we think it should be. When God is speaking to you, there is always clarity. First uh, Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. Always remember that. So if you get a piece of instruction and you're confused about it, I would really, really wonder whether it's God speaking to you. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. When God speaks to you, your heart will be at peace. You will never be confused. You will never be confused. The second one, when God speaks to you, it will be consistent. Consistent with his word. Consistent with what he has said to you before. Consistent. So it will be very unlikely for God to speak to me now and say to me that I am going to win the next swimming competition in. It will be very unlikely. Thank you for the laughter. Why are you laughing? Oh, sneezing. I thought they were laughing. I thought, uh, do they think I can't swim? Because I don't understand what that point is. So God will be consistent in the word that he speaks to you. It will be consistent. God will not say one thing one day and another thing. So just in line with clarification is consistency. Never, never get that wrong. That when God speaks, this is the way it goes, like the structure subtle. When God talks, he talks clearly. When God talks, he clarifies things for you. You can read that later in Galatians chapter 1, verse um, 9. It's consistent in his word. The third bit, when God talks, is to profit you, contributory. I said, it contributes to you. It adds to you. When God gives you instruction, it wants to make your life better. God's instruction is never to reduce you. Um, there was, um, while I was leaving uni, a lot of my trying to understand how God talks to me were things that happened when I was you know, in university, which is good for me because I had my opportunity to understand God. Remember when, um, when we're leaving uni, something, some things happened. Um, they used to, my fellowship was trying to prepare us for life outside uni. Now, if you uh, like me, I'd never gone to a boarding house before. So that meant straight from home to higher institution, and then you're there, and then you're finishing, and then you're going to the world. So there was a lot of talk about when you come out of uni, you're going to backslide. Oh, university life is the only place where you are so shielded. Um, Christianity is easy here. Um, outside in the world, everybody, you know, Sister X backslided. Ten people graduated last year, and only one is still standing, and all those things. That's all you will hear. I mean, you will, you will hear. In my fellowship, that was like the talk of the day. And I remember I was always panicking. Then they will show, um, they will show these um, end time movies, uh, and you know everybody's left behind, and there was just so much negativity. And I remember now my fellowship is different from Pastor Eddie's fellowship. So I remember I would come back from this fellowship, and when I see him, he said, "Why are you looking so distressed?" I said, "I don't want to leave uni. I don't want to leave uni." He said, "But why?" I said, "Because I don't want to backslide." I said, "But why would you backslide because you are leaving?" I said, "Because." That's just what I was hearing, left, right, and center. The whole bulk of the bulk of the things I was hearing is how Christianity is about you fall any minute. You fall any minute. You know that kind of thing like, oh, um, uh, let he that thinks he stand, take it, let it fall. That scripture was so much in my head beyond any grace and love scripture that God could ever dish out. That's not God. That's not God. Somebody has diluted the message. 
When God speaks, it's contributory. Let me show you that scripture. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verses 16 to 17. Let's read that scripture together. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. When God speaks, it's profitable for you. It contributes to your life. God is not here to decrease you. God is here to increase you. God is not here to make your life miserable. God is here to make your life great. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof. It corrects, yes. For correction, for instruction in righteousness. Next verse. He said that the man of God may be complete. God wants to complete you. So when he speaks to you, it's all good. It's not God spoke, oh God, what did he say? No, no, no. It's good. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. When God speaks to you, he wants to equip you. So please understand those things. So don't let any fear hit your heart. While I was younger, the moment someone said, God said, ah, God said I should tell you something. And the, that, the worst thing in my generation was God said I should tell you. I think that is worse than God said I should marry you. Because at least marry you, look at the person and say, mm, I don't want to marry you. <laughs> but when someone said, God said I should tell you. First of all, you think, they cared about me so much, they were praying for me. Or God decided to tell them about me, they must be really spiritual. So you can very easily get things wrong and get manipulated. So understand those things. Now, at the back of that is I now want to tell you where I'm really going to, which is the tests. How do you know that is God speaking to you? Recognizing how God speaks to you clearly. Now, whether you're a young believer, an old believer, or it doesn't matter where you are at, this is something we have to continue to test on a regular basis. Um, a gentleman, I read a gentleman's article. He said he was... It was, he writes blogs, and his blog site was very popular. And he always gets invitation from people to advertise on his blog site just because his blog site was popular. And he said it would take time, he would pray about it, and he would feel very strongly, no, not for me, not for me. But at this particular time, his wife was pregnant, they have a little kid, the wife couldn't work anymore, and he was trapped for cash, he needed money. And just around the time he was praying, Lord, I really need a breakthrough, I don't know how you're going to do it. Somebody came across to him and sent him an email and said, actually, um, this blog site of yours, a Christian blog site, uh, I have this Christian product that will be really, really good for Christians. Can I put it on your blog site? It will add, and then he showed him all the benefits that product will have for Christians. So now, he doesn't need to start worrying about, oh, I'm not going to sell anything that is not congruent with who I am or where I'm going and things like that. So all the basics that you use to sift things off, he didn't need to worry about those. He said he looked at it and he thought, wow, this is answer to prayer. It, it couldn't have come at a better time. The rates he was being given was fantastic. He looked at the whole thing and he just thought, this will more than take care of the maternity, pay, period, the no job, and so on and so forth. He was convinced God was talking to him. So he started putting things in place in order to accept that order from that particular organization. And just before he signed the dotted line, he said he just felt in his heart, let me... I didn't even come up with a scripture. I just used circumstantial evidences. Let me get a word from God about this matter. Now, this is somebody that has been a believer for a long time. And then they sat down and they started testing, testing. Based on some of the things I said here, I'm going to show you in a few minutes. And he realized that it wasn't God speaking to him. It was his need speaking to him. Our needs, ourselves, we speak so quick, so loudly sometimes. Your circumstance speaks so loudly sometimes, it makes you... It makes what God is saying pale before you. And you need to be very careful. This same situation happened to Pastor Eddie and I, and we've said it a few times in the past. When we're going to start ministry, when we're going to start Gateway Chapel, we knew that we're involved in businesses and we're working, and we, needed, we didn't want our family income to drop drastically, and we wanted time to serve God. So we thought we we're going to make a certain type of investment, different from the kind of investments we've been making in the past. We prayed about it. We thought about it. And as we were praying, there was no particular scripture, I must say, but an opening came. I don't know who sent it to me, but they sent it through um, one of these business websites, an organization that sells ongoing businesses. So it was, it was just fantastic. It looked so good. Now, amongst many things was the fact that there is a particular lady that is my unknown mentor. <laughs> She's unknown because unknown to her that she's mentoring me. <laughs> I know she's, you know, I met her, we met years and years ago when we were in Cyprus. 
I'd never seen anybody live that kind of lifestyle. And I remember saying to Pastor Eddie, we will live like that when we are older. So I used to clean their home. I used to spend a lot of time with her. She's English, is Greek. They, they, you know, I, a lot of the things that we have done to date, I remember very, very clearly, the things that we have seen them do at different times. So we learned so much from them. And one of the things they did was invest in a, a B&B that then became a hotel. So they have four-star hotels, they have properties, they have, they have all of those things. So they are, they, they've done very well for themselves. They got, they got, in fact, which is weird, they got two children. They got a boy and a girl, and now, you know, they, they've done very well for themselves. Let's put it that way. So I thought, next in line in following this person was buying a hotel. Surely, because the same person came up with us, surely this is a good plan. You know, it was a B&B we were thinking of. Then it became a proper hotel. It was no longer a B&B. It was a big one. It was, there were was so many things falling in place. So many things falling in place. And where it started from was we want to spend more time. We knew the church was going to grow. We don't know how. We knew God was going to need more of our time. So we needed to shelve some things and not to reduce, I don't know, you know, human wisdom. You don't want to reduce your income, but you want to serve God anyway. <laughs> so we just, you know, wanted to put some securities in place here and there so that we can serve God more conveniently, if you see what I mean. I mean, now it sounds like that. Then it wasn't like that. It was genuine. And we went ahead and we did all we needed to do. And it got towards the end and Pete just said, do you know what? I have not heard a single scripture from God about this matter. And I started telling him how I surely, surely God has done it. Surely God has said it. Can you see at this point, at that point, at that? And I could enumerate at least seven points in the line of this procedure or process where you could know that, wow, somebody somewhere, a hand of God is trolling this because somebody would just step in and just bridge every gap, if there's ever a gap. It was too, too much to be called a coincidence, if you see what I mean. But God didn't speak. We waited and waited. Then we decided to take a few days to praise, a few days to wait, a few days to fast, a few days to... The further we go along the line, the further my heart started sinking because I'd already fallen in love with this hotel. And in my head, don't forget, I already have a picture. Surely this is what God is saying. We have to mount this on this and then it looks the same. And then Peter just said, no, God didn't say anything. I'd rather walk away. We did walk away. Yes, we did. We lost money. Yes, we did. But what happened? Thing came back four years later. One day we were, we're talking about it. What kind of crazy idea is this anyway? You know, when you are in it, somebody said, when you are about to sin, the devil starts telling you, it's sweet, it's sweet, it's sweet, it's sweet, it's sweet. The moment you sinned, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. You know, like, so say, what kind of crazy idea was this? Now, I don't know if you know, the hotel is in Folkestone. Mm. In my head, Folkestone was next door. And Folkestone is how many minutes drive from me? One hour drive from Gravesend. And the hotel is meant to give us time. <laughs> Primarily for time. And it was meant to start out as a B&B, so I must be there first in every morning to make breakfast. I barely make breakfast in my home. Okay. And then I must be there in the night to collect money because collection is only by cash. Okay, so supposing we hire somebody to do it. They keep half the cash and give you half the cash. It's only cash register you look at. So when you just look at the whole thing, you're thinking, why on earth were we even trying to embark on that? But another two years later, development came. Oh, no, 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 no. There was something that happened in that area, and that old street was more or less wiped out. Sometimes, those things that you are looking at and say they fall in line, it might not just necessarily be. It fell so much in line. So much so that maybe, just maybe, if not God and his faithfulness towards us. So you thought you lost 4,000 pounds. We would have lost in excess of 100,000 pounds trying to invest in that thing. So I want to say to you that always get the voice right. Whether you're a young believer or a old believer, it doesn't matter. We were not young believers at the time that happened. We were growing. We're still growing believers. So sometimes you hear, you hear God's voice. Sometimes you hear the devil's voice. That sometimes is easy to clarify because you kind of just know. The most difficult one is when you hear your own voice. That is actually the most difficult one, particularly if you've been a believer for a while because your voice will never tell you to do something really drastically wrong. It would always some, some, be something that is still within the lines of what your conscience can accept. However, let me give you these five tests. I was looking at it. I read it in different places. And then I looked at it and I remembered what I was taught as a, as a young believer. And I just thought to give you a little bit of an acronym, call it SHARP, S-H-A-R-P, SHARP. 
So always ask yourself, when God speaks to you, it's very clear. So that means that it needs to be sharp. So these are the tests. The very first one, scripture. The very first one is scripture. Is it in line with what God said? Um, as God said this, is this what God said? Luke chapter 21, if you read verse 33 in your time, Galatians 1.8. Is this in line with what God said? If you can't find it in the word, don't do it. If you can't find it in the word, it doesn't matter how many people are doing it, don't do it. If you say to God, so it's not a case of, oh, should I do project management? Oh, Lord, God will say project management. No, that's not in the Bible. But when you take a script, when you take a matter to the Lord to pray, and you say, Lord, I've submitted this to you, show me in your word what you will have me do. As you pray and you keep quiet, like we said last week, you meditate, you get your Bible out, you decide to meditate, you wait for God to speak to you. For me personally, God drops a scripture in my heart. Now, that could be a function of the fact that I've been a believer for a long time. So I know some scriptures. Maybe you don't know any scripture yet. Start with any little one you have. You see, when God knows you are genuine, it will meet you there. So if you say, I don't know any scripture, I'm just starting from ground zero today. Start by reading the book of John. Then read the book of Proverbs. Then somewhere between the book of John, by the time you finish reading the book of Proverbs, I always say to people, Proverbs is a fantastic book. A lot of wisdom is hidden in Proverbs. And I say to people, a proverb a day drives foolishness away. There are only 31 chapters there. Every day, just take a chapter and read it through. Something will just stick to your spirit about the matter that you're talking about or that you're thinking about or that you're praying about. It's so practical, the book of Proverbs. It's so practical. And God constantly speaks from it. So, Take it upon yourself to read one chapter of that a day in addition to another chapter. So you can read, I would say, if you're starting out and you want to go aggressive, you can do more than one chapter. But I'll say, there's no point saying I'm going to read 10 chapters and read nothing. So just stick to little part time and then you build up. The word of God is the primary way God speaks to us and it won't change you for anybody. So scriptures is what I'm about to do aligning with the, what the word of God said. The next one is H, heavenly. Is it heavenly? Is it making me to be more like Christ? Is it making me better? Is it going to make heaven's agenda happen in my life? A lot of times, the things that we desire to do, they are earthly. They are things that pleases our flesh. They are things that makes you feel good about yourself. Shall I do this? Your flesh wants it. In fact, I remember my disciple, I said, the moment your flesh wants it, drop it. And Pastor Robert actually, last... Um, Bible week was talking about the same that the moment his flesh tells him he wants something, it punishes the flesh to make sure that the flesh does not overrule him. So ask yourself, this thing I'm about to do, is it going to make me more heavenly, more Christ-like? Is it going to make me a better believer? Is it selfish? Is it godly? What is it? Because if you check yourself down that way, I mean, there was a particular scripture I think it's James chapter 3. Let's read James chapter 3. It was talking about the wisdom of God. Uh, the Bible made us understand that Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ is the word of God. James chapter 3 verse 17. Let's have that scripture up, please, if you don't mind. It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first of all pure. Does it make you envelope? Does that thing you're about to do, does it make you purer? It's peaceful or peaceable. It's gentle. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy. It's full of good fruits. It's without partiality. It's without hypocrisy. Ask yourself the question. So why am I about to embark on this thing I'm about to do that I said God said to do? Check. Just in case. Does it make you more like him? Does it pull you away from him? That decision we were about to make was going to pull us away from him. We didn't even know. You know there are some investments you make that they start making you. You know that. <laughs> there are some cars you have. After a while you ride the car, the cars are riding you. You know there are some businesses you have. After a while... They, start, they are the ones that rule you and take you over. You, you, you want to pray, you're thinking. You want to, you know, a friend of ours decided to invest in a, a filling station a while ago. And he realized as time went on that sometimes he had a few of them. And he realized that staff will not come on important days of the year. A filling station, you can't have Christmas Day and say you're off today. You know, a petrol station, you expect staff to be there. So staff's not there, is there. Um, one day is their wife had to be in another one. And people will call off, call off sick at the worst time in the world. You know? And then someday he was on his way to church. They were on their way to church as a family. And then staff is not in this place. He is 
obliged. He has to, by contract, he has to open the shop. So they packed up church and went there. Packed up church second time and went after where I thought, these filling stations are running us. We no, we no longer have a life. They were sat to dinner one day. They had guests come over. They had phone calls like that. You know, there are some things you think, what a great investment. Everybody look at you and say, wow, surely he's doing so well. But you know that this thing is not bringing you closer to God. This job, this guy, this child, is it making you more heavenly? This decision you are making about them, are you getting closer to God or further from God? You've got to ask yourself that question. You have to. You have to. When my children were younger, I would tell them, I was close to Jesus before I met you. I will be closer to Jesus after you are gone. Because they don't stay in your life forever. How would I know that? When they went to uni, I mean, not my daughter. My son, when he went to uni, like every after three, four days, ah, you didn't even ask if we are still alive. So I know you'll be alive. <laughs> Who does that? I know you'll be alive. Is that the one I was going to pack up Jesus for? <laughs> or put Jesus aside for? Nobody or nothing is worth that kind of loss not investment, a waste. Nobody is worth it. So no, make sure that it's something that is scriptural. Secondly, make sure it's something that is heavenly. The third thing, which is A, make sure that it's something that is aligned. Now, see, God, does, God is a God of order. He doesn't say things or do things out of alignment. It doesn't shift out of alignment. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, please. Can I have it up? We are God's workmanship created in Christ for good work. Aha. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God had prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Pastor has preached extensively about this. We're doing this at the Bible Connect group at the moment as well. God had prepared something ahead that you walk in it. So, if it's not in alignment with God, what God had prepared ahead for you, or what God has said to you before, check it. Because God is not the author of confusion. God's not confused. So, some, some people take on things based on what somebody else has said, but it's totally out of alignment with them. Can you imagine? You don't do crowd. You don't do people. You don't do all these things. And then somebody came to tell you that your, your next um, thing to do is you're going to be a pastor or you're going to be a singer. You're going to stand up and be singing. And then you start practicing how to sing. But when you get there to stand to sing, what are you going to do? Close your eyes? What are you going to do? It's got to be in alignment with how God has made you. You see, God made the bird to fly. So he gave him equipment for flying. God made the fish to swim, so gave them equipment to fish. God made you the way he made you. He has prepared a walk ahead of you. So when he gives you an instruction, it's in alignment. If you look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, the Bible made us understand that God said, before Samuel came, I'm going to bring somebody. And he looked at the family of Elkanah. And he realized, the Bible said that every year, Anna and Elkanah, they were worshipping God. So it was a family that was interested in God. In fact, I remember one of the things that really moved me most, because that same spot in Shiloh, we tend to go to, when we go to Israel and we're going to go again, what, what moved me most in the reenactment that they show in that place was the fact that everybody stopped coming. But Hannah and Elkanah, they kept coming. Everybody stopped coming to church because of Eli's children. But they kept coming. God knew that a child has to come of that, from that household. So he made them a resilient household that loves the Lord irrespective of what is happening around. That's God. Prepared for what God has prepared him for. Not just that only. The Bible made us understand later, if you look between chapters 1 and 2, uh, 2 and 3 of that scripture, that God called Eli one day and said, you know what, I've wiped out your family, I've had enough. I decided I was going to make a covenant with you forever, but I can't continue like this with your children. So, and then God... Like, it's like curses. If your children have grown a little bit, I'm going to wipe them out. If this has happened, I'm going to wipe it. And God, and it's just disheartening that Eli did not ask God for help and say, God, help me. Don't do this. He said, well, if that's what pleases the Lord, which is weird, that's a completely different message for another day. Let's not go into that now. But if you go and study those scriptures, you'll see what I mean. But inside that was a boy that God had prepared for a walk ahead. And that made us understand continuously. And God's favor was upon Samuel. And God's favor was upon Samuel. Because God has prepared something for him. So everything that happened to him was in alignment with where God was taking him. 
When God sends a word to you, it will be in alignment where God is taking you. There is absolutely no way God will say I should become a, a developer tomorrow because I don't have head for technical things. Or I think I don't have enough head for technical things. So there is a place God is taking you. There is something God is saying about it. But you have to be sure that it's in alignment with who you are. If you don't, if you're not sure it's in alignment with who you are, and that's one of the tests you should have, because if you don't have that test, you will soon do what everybody else is doing or what seems good in your own eyes. When I was younger, I was deemed quite intelligent. So my parents wanted me to be a doctor. Now, I don't do yucky. I don't do dirty. I don't do blood. I don't do so many things. Apart from caring for people. Which I'd rather not touch you than care. So when people, I usually say that people don't know me in this church. If you say, people, oh, it's gone so, so, so wrong. They not take a picture of the saw or something and send it to me. I can't see it. How on earth would that person be a doctor? Tell me. Doesn't matter how intelligent they are. And then God had to stop me on the track, on the road. He had to stop it because he was taking me somewhere. If not for the mercies of the Lord, I would have been that doctor that would never touch anybody. It would, have been, it would have gone all wrong. When God speaks to you, it will, be, it will be in alignment with what he has made you to be. The next one is our responsibility. God speaks to you about your responsibility. When God speaks to you, is it your responsibility now? I'm talking particularly for those of us that hear and see for people. When I was younger, I made a mistake I would never, ever make again. I realized, and I, and, I, and I actually, when my kids were younger, I actually remembered that so much, I insisted they go and learn how to hear from God themselves. And I remember saying to Pastor Eddie, the day each of them came to tell me God said, was the day I believe I finished my job as a mom. Because if you can hear from God, if your child can hear from God, you've done it. You really genuinely, you've done it. The rest is small. The rest are choices they will choose to make based on, now, that is their responsibility. But if they can't hear from God, that's a big problem. Eli's children didn't hear from God. Eli heard from God. So God punished Eli. But if Eli's children had heard from God, God would have punished them, not their father, because he has done a job. So when I was a younger believer, something happened, and I can never, ever forget. I had a friend of mine in my secondary school year, and she was dating a boy. And this boy was the son of the governor of our state, so he was like really posh up there. And she knew he wasn't a believer. Rephrase. He wasn't a serious believer. But, you know, when you, when you start adjusting things, you yourself know that it's not right, but you keep adjusting. So she was adjusting, he's a Christian too, he just goes to this type of church or that, you know. By the time you say he's a Christian too, you know that that's not right. So... She was dating him, and then one day she decided to rededicate her life to Christ and get serious with God and so on and so forth. And she said to me, why don't we pray together and fast together about this guy? I said, in what way? She said, I want to know whether God wants me to marry him or not. What, do, what does even make sense is this. I got to uni when I was 15, and I was still in my um, penultimate year in secondary school. That means that this girl was 14, 15. I mean, come here. She's what I mean? I don't even get it. Looking back now, maybe she's older than me, but it can't be more than, okay, I was the youngest in my class, maybe a year too. So she's a 15-year-old girl asking if somebody should marry. Looking back now, because she was my secondary school mate. It didn't even make sense. Anyway, today she's not married to the guy, by the way, but it's a completely different thing. So she said we should go pray. So we did go pray. We did go fast. And here I am. I came up all excited, singing and dancing that God has spoken to me. And I said to her, what did God say to you? She said, oh, nothing, but what did God say to you? So here I am, and then told her everything God said to me, which just is, is a scripture that says, a little leaven leaven the old lump, <laughs> which means something along the lines of, a little sin messes up the old thing, so don't do it. <laughs> That's what it means. So I said to her, God is against this, don't do it. Then she went to the guy and told him that I said God is against it. Then the guy and all his mates, they got me as their Ark enemy. Now, they were the only ones that were driving around in my little town. So when somebody is driving around, they stop the car a little bit and they look at you like, you know, it's because of that thing that I said God said to that girl. And I learned my lesson at 15 or 14 and a half. Never, to, ever, ever to tell anybody God said anymore that I just give them space to find out what God is saying about their lives. When God gives you a word about somebody, 
I said all of that to tell you this. When God gives you a word about somebody, be patient. Your word is meant to be confirmatory to what God has said to them. It's not, you can't take over anybody's life. Is this your responsibility? When this scripture comes, is this my responsibility? When God spoke to Samuel, he spoke to him about the kingdom is part of, the place is part of, the people is part of, the life of Eli as it affects him. If it is not, keep it quiet to your heart and start praying for them. Because yes, God does show us things about people. But it's not for you to say, I dreamt about you last night. God said, you will create chaos in the life of that person, particularly if they're not ready to listen to it. And that's what happened to me. My friend was not ready to listen to that instruction. My friend knew what she was doing wasn't. My friend knew it was wrong. But my friend needed somebody to tell her, not do it. So when she went to tell the guy, who then said, surely God cannot talk to somebody that's young. And then my friend stopped talking to me. And then the guy stopped talking to me. And then all the boys in the area stopped talking to me. Can you imagine? That was a disheartening thing for a 15-year-old kid. Because you think it's not a big deal. I mean, the whole area was only so small. But in your head, you think it's the whole world. As at that time. So be very careful how you rush to say something. Particularly if it's not your responsibility. Question, is it my responsibility? If it is not your responsibility, should you take your eyes away from it? No. When God says the word to me, I'll continue to pray until God makes it clear to the person involved. Even when it's husband and wife matter, I continue to pray. I say, Lord, you see, just like I have two ears, my husband's got two ears. You speak to him and make it clear so that I can confirm that is what you said. I will never manipulate him. I say, God told me, so don't do it. Ah, no, 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 no. No, that's not my place. He's the head. I am not the man. And there's a reason why he's the head. So he's the head. He's above. That's what scripture says. So he will hear quicker. If he hasn't heard, I'll continue to pray until God speaks to him about it. And then when he said, God said, I'll say, actually, it's interesting you said that because God said this to me as well. It's a confirmation. That's how God designs it to be. So, is it your responsibility? If it is not, Take time to keep on praying about it. Don't rush to be the only sister in fellowship that hears from God. You know there's some sisters like that? Yeah. The one that hears from everybody. I have a sister like that. She hears from, We have not started praying. She has already heard. You know, like, in Jesus' name. Ah, God said. God said, God said, God said. So everybody started calling that sister. God said. The last one. The peace. I say it's sharp. S is what? S is for what? Is it scriptural? H is for what? Is it heavenly? A is for what? Is it in alignment with who you are and what God has been saying to you before? Uh, R is for what? Is it your responsibility? The last one of peace. When God speaks to you, you will be at peace. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 33. When God speaks to you, you will be at peace. When God speaks to you and your peace is taken away, it's not God. It's not God. Now, I am not saying that God will speak to you sometimes and you will not feel like fighting against what he has said. I am saying that it will not remove your peace. He said, I leave my peace with you. Not as the world leaves. Even in the midst of chaos, in the midst of challenges, when you hear God's word, it settles your heart. I don't know how you're going to do this, God, but my heart is settled in you. That is what comes out of when God speaks to you. If you can take time out every time you hear an instruction from God to just run them through these tests, you will do well for yourself. Find out, is the scripture I find the word? Find out, is it heavenly? Does it make me more like Christ? Find out, is it something that is in alignment with what God has told me before? God is not an author of confusion, I said. Is it something that is my responsibility to do something about or for me just to pray about? And then, is it something that I have the sense of peace of God about? Very, very important. I mentioned to you that the next task is, I said it last week and I'm not going to dwell too much on it, your willingness. God is not speaking to you just to throw words at you. God is not speaking to you just to show off. I've shared with you before, my friends and I used to trade, God said this to me and God said, what did God say to you this morning because he said this to me? I mean, I think God just humored us because we were just too young. But, and he knew that we had a desire to know him. But the truth of the matter is, when God speaks to you, he's looking for willingness. Are you willing to do it? If you're not willing to do it, you won't say the next one. I used to say to my children when they were younger that delayed obedience is disobedience. If I say do this, and you say, yeah, I'll do it, I plan to do it later. As far as I'm concerned, that's disobedience. 
Because I'm not the kind of mom that just goes on talking, talking, talking. I'm not just designed that way at all. I just stand up and go and do it myself. For me, as far as I'm concerned, it's easier to just do it. Oh, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. I will do it because. And if you have someone that is like my son, my son is a very interesting person because he would say, Mom, Mama, please, please don't do this. Don't do this. Don't. The dishes, please don't do them. If he sees you doing them, he'll feel so bad. So you will leave there thinking it's because he's about to do it. Then you leave there and he says, because it's Bethel's day. Then you say, Bethel is my daughter, just in case you don't know. So my son said I shouldn't do it, but he's not going to do it. And he can't force his sister to do it. I know him, he can't. So what happens? In three hours, I come back, and I mean the same thing. Now, for me, for him, he has obeyed. <laughs> for me, it's more trouble. So I said, just leave it. Then he starts doing it, and he does it grudgingly. And so that's another thing. So we do the thing God says, we do it grudgingly. But God, why do you have to send me? Why can't you send, you know? I always say, like, exactly what happened to Moses. Here I am, send Aaron. <laughs> Here I am, send somebody else. You know, I don't want to do it. Send somebody else. If you're not willing, God is not obliged to tell you anything. If you're not alert, ready to hear from him, if you're not really listening, that is, you take time out and say, God, you know what, I want to hear you. All of this thing Pastor B is talking about, it just looks really strange. I really want to hear you. God, God is not obliged to say anything. And if you're not yielded, what's the point? Turn your Bibles as I finish to this scripture. I saw the scripture this afternoon and it really blew my mind away. First Samuel chapter 3, the last verse. Can I have it up, please? I want to show you something I saw in that scripture this afternoon. So then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Now listen, prior to this time, God stopped showing up in Shiloh. Then God spoke to Samuel. Then Samuel did what God said. Then God started showing up in Shiloh again. When God shows up in Shiloh, he blesses the whole of the people. Just because of one man's obedience, God started showing up again. Not just in that man's life, but in the life of everybody around them. Can you imagine? If your ears are open to hearing, and you choose to be willing, to be assertive, to be yielded to him, God will begin to show up again. And then, Show, when, and when God shows up, it shows up with massive amount of blessings. Rise to your feet this evening. I want you to pray for yourself. For grace to be willing. For grace to be assertive. For grace to be yielded. It says, and God appeared, my own version says, and God appeared again in Shiloh. For the word of God has now been revealed to Samuel. God's word has been revealed to you again tonight. And God will appear again in and around you. When God appears, he appears with his blessings. This just says to me and you that blessings are coming, like the word of this month says. If he didn't spare his son, he wouldn't spare the blessing that is coming your way because God's word has been revealed to you one more time. I want you to ask the Lord for grace and strength to be willing, to be available to him, and to be yielded to him. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.